0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a very chilly Tuesday morning. (laughs) I just would like to take a second and thank John Gruden for taking all the focus off of the Kansas City Chiefs and their woes right now. They can all talk about John Gruden leaving the Raiders all they want to, and I can recuperate from Sunday's loss in private and in peace because that's all anyone's talking about now. And thank you again, John, for uh, taking well, the heat off my team. I
1: personally intercepted a note that the Chief sent to John Gruden. Do something, please. Take the focus off. <laughs> we don't want it. anyone to
0: talk about us anymore. <laughs> Gruden said, you know what, guys? I'll help you out. So, yes, thank you, John Gruden. And uh, sorry, Raiders fans. That's a nightmare to be dealing with. Now, back to my team. Um, good word on uh, Clyde Edwards' helaire yesterday. Uh, it's not super serious injury, just an MCL sprain, just a couple weeks, right? That's what they say. Uh, the quote is a few weeks, end
1: quote, from uh, NFL officials and the Chiefs. But that really, that's kind of an innocuous statement to make because it doesn't really hold true. Any time you damage a ligament, an MCL ligament or any ligament for that matter, depending on the nature of strain or sprain that you have. It's, it can keep you out for a while. Uh, I suspect, though, in his case, he's young, he's in shape, and his, his injury was brought about not by the it, more of a twist than anything else. So he, he could be back within two, three, four weeks, somewhere in that vicinity. But the Chiefs will have to make do
0: without him for a while. And that really sucks because when we can run the ball, things would click, and you can see that, especially in the offense during some of the games this season, when we could mix it up, it then there's nothing you could do to stop well, us. Well,
1: case in point was their their game last week on Sunday, in which they threw the ball, they being Patrick Mahomes, 54 times. 54 times he put the ball in the air. By comparison, Josh Allen through I think 26 or something like that yeah you have to be able to mix your attack to really make it effective yeah
0: well and I think the the picture you see from Sunday night's game was a guy trying everything he possibly could to help his team win and sometimes that works against you Um, and that's uh, part of what coach Reed said in his press conference yesterday you know you got a guy sometimes trying to force it but Patrick is not the problem (laughs) it's definitely not Patrick And it starts in the. uh, It definitely starts with a uh, linebacker who I won't mention, and a D back who I won't mention. Those two guys are probably the two on my list right now. I just, I just don't understand what's happening on that defense.
1: They're just not playing cohesive football. That's what Andy Reid said in his press conference yesterday. We have to be a more concise football team. We have to be consistent. There's the key. And Mike, we've talked about this for for forever and ever. Consistency is the winner. When you aren't a consistent football team, you have your highs and you also have your deep lows. Consistent teams do not do that. Yeah, they have. They have rivulets, so to speak, in their graph, but they aren't uh, distinct as such. In the case of the Chiefs, they have been. They've had a high and some very deep lows. They've got to straighten out that plane, so to speak, and make it a more consistent level.
0: And that comes with Events. They've got to play it. I think I talked about this and during the preseason. I remember, you know, because everyone during offseason, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. We haven't said anything about those guys because they're pretty much doing their job. Well, the in, a, in a
1: sense they are, but by the same token, uh, you saw a little bit of the attack that was put on them by the by the uh, ball club on, on Sunday night. And the way that worked, the Buffalo Bills had a really interesting concept. Yeah, the offensive line did its job of keeping out a non-blitz situation. Buffalo never blitzed. How that offensive line line reacts with blitzes is the big deal. Uh, They were able to protect Mahomes for the most part, but then Mahomes was left with nobody to throw to. And therein lies the double-edged sword.
0: Yeah, and well, what I was wanting to mention was the thing that I noticed in the preseason that scared me is the depth in our defense. And why I mention that is I think some of the injuries that we've been plagued with, especially early on in the season, really showed how we were not prepared in depth as far as some of the key positions that you need to have filled on the D, and it's showing because, yeah, you're you can look at some of these guys and saying you're just getting beat, you're getting outplayed. Well, some of these players are more of throwing them in situations. Players, you're not every; they're not every down players, and I think that's become an issue, and uh, hopefully you can get some of these guys back because I'm really tired of talking about Any
1: championship team, I don't care who you are, what sport, has a strong bench. That's why we talked about Josh Gordon being signed. It's fine, Josh Gordon, but wait a minute, where's some help on the defense? You need some D back there. You need some D backs back there. I, I still can't erase from my mind the look at Honey Badger, uh, Tyran Matthew, when a long pass was completed, not over him, but over another defender, and Tyron just taking his hands and putting him on his helmet and saying, what on earth? That You, you can't have that. You cannot have that level of defensive liability in, in any any form at all. It's not going to help.
0: Every team that is playing the Kansas City Chiefs right now has a play in their playbook that says throw at 49. If you're down, if it's third down and, and nine, well, who's 49 covering? bomb it to him and they have no problems making that catch and sometimes gaining 20 plus yards so yeah it's it's extremely frustrating I would like a Sunday that's stress free so hopefully Washington football team can provide that when they play him on Sunday um, let's talk about racing Boston Marathon not usually in October is it now? Never. First time in history
1: first time in the 125 year history that it was run in October and it is the first time in 30 months 30 months the Boston Marathon has been run. They moved it to October this year. For this year only, it'll be run again next April on Patriots Day when it normally is all brought about by COVID. The winners this year, a pair of Kenyan runners, Benson Caputo with a really great time, 2 hours, 9 minutes, 54 seconds, and his female counterpart from Kenya, Diana Kipyuchi, and she ran it 2 hours, 24 minutes, 45 seconds. Field was down a little bit more by design than anything else. Usually they have about 31 32,000 runners. They only had <laughs> only 20,000 for the race yesterday, but they did have it. The fans, the crowds were on the sidelines, and it all went off without a hitch. So we are, with fingers crossed, hoping that everything goes back to normal next year and it's run on Patriots Day.
0: I'm trying to think of a town close by that's got 20,000 people. Here? Yeah. Uh, close by Springfield, I would have to say
1: maybe, and I don't know, but maybe Bentonville, Arkansas, maybe. 20,000. That's an awful lot. I uh, just they,
0: I'm trying to think of a town just imagine that town running a race. Yeah, it's you what know? <laughs> I know. Exactly it's just, what it, was. it boggles my mind. I mean, you, you see some of these races here in town and it's just, you know, several several hundred people. Turkey <laughs> Trot's got a few thousand, right? When when the Turkey Trot was run, yes, yeah, yeah, we had few, 8, 9,000. Yeah, nine thousand yeah, yeah. So, and that's that looks massive. Can you imagine a whole town running around? Thank God we don't have to worry about that on a Saturday when we're trying to go get breakfast. Got the playoffs going on pretty good competition so far, wouldn't you say? I would say it's been great competition. American
1: League, the team that won 100 games is out of it. Tampa Bay Rays beaten by the Boston Red Sox three games to one. Game of the series, I should say, ended last night. Fenway Park in Boston Kiki Hernandez with a sacrifice fly in the ninth inning. Place went wild, of course, playing at home. And the Red Sox ousted the Tampa Bay Rays 6-5. to I think, in my opinion, Tampa Bay, the better team. They won 100 games this year, but They're gone. They're out of there. That's the way the playoffs work, so that win is done. The Astros and the White Sox didn't play. They were to have, but they had that rain and wind and all that that we had just, uh, oh, maybe the day before. It all plagued a guaranteed rate field in South Chicago, so they didn't play. They will play today. And the White Sox and Astros, the Astros have the lead in that series. White Sox have have to win out, otherwise Houston goes, into the playoffs, and takes on the Boston Red Sox. National League, really a couple of great games in the National League. The Atlanta Braves defeated the Milwaukee Brewers 3-0, and that gives the Braves a two games-to-one lead, which they could wrap up in rather short order today. And in the National League, Dodgers and Giants. Dodgers Stadium, Los Angeles. Max Scherzer on the hill for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He gave up one big hit. Evan Longoria hit a home run. That was the only run of the game. Giants beat the Dodgers one to nothing. The Giants now have a two games to one lead. Giants won 107 games this year. And that is Scherzer's first loss to the Dodgers. Came over on July 30th. He was undefeated. That included a couple wins over the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that he had lo- uh, he lost a game. And wouldn't you know, the Giants are the ones to beat him on one hit, one to nothing.
0: If you look at uh, some of the trash talking on the West Coast, the Dodgers and Giants fans hate each other. <laughs> and it's been really funny to watch them just talk trash on each other. And that this will seal the deal. But what I'm more concerned about is that I'm going to actually have to root for the Red Sox over the Astros, and everyone in the country is probably thinking the same thing. And I do not want to root for Boston, Ned. I can't I can't do it, man.
1: The Astros situation that you are rooting against happened several years ago. I know. This is a very, very good Houston team and an interesting San Francisco team. You're talking about the rivalry between the Dodgers and Giants. Mike, you weren't even born. It doesn't, I know. doesn't even compare to Brooklyn and New
0: York. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. But it's still funny to watch. It's still funny to watch from, from afar. It's kind of like I'm sure what everyone says when someone brings up the Raiders or Chargers or Broncos around me or even the Steelers. Um, but yeah, it's been good competition and uh, it's going to be interesting to see who makes it on. Um, we've got the... Uh, Football Bears giving us one hell of a season so far. Where are they at in the rankings they right now? They dropped, as you
1: knew they would. Losing to Youngstown State, the Bears fall to 23rd. They're still in the top 25, and that really, Mike, would include them at the at now. If the playoffs were to start now, I think you would find the Bears in that playoff field. But they know fully well, and certainly Coach Petrino knows this, that they have to win. They have to start winning from here on in, they've lost a key conference game to Youngstown State, to whom they should not have lost. Play Indiana State this weekend, and Indiana State's pretty good. They're not—they're not a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. No teams in the Missouri Valley Conference are. But then the Bears have North Dakota State, the eight-time national champions. Then they have North Dakota. Then they have Southern Illinois, which is among the top-ranking teams in America. Hey, it's a, a tough schedule
0: uh, forthcoming. They're going to have to put some find some steam somewhere to plow through for sure. Uh, last night, uh, watching the Monday night game, Indianapolis got out to one hell of a lead. I was thinking, oh my God, they might actually pull this off. Then I went to bed, then I woke up, and I was like, oh my God, how did Baltimore pull this off? Well, they did. poor I don't really care about the Colts fans, but uh, I do kind of feel for you, for sure. Well, the, you're right.
1: The Colts did not have it wrapped up, and the Ravens came charging back. Ravens are really, man for man, a better team than Indianapolis, and they were slogging through the game, but... Then Lamar Jackson got them rolling, and down the stretch, they scored, scored again, and then in the clutch, in the final minutes of the game, scored a touchdown, scored a two-point conversion to tie it, won it in the overtime. Indianapolis never got the ball in overtime. The, uh, uh, the Ravens took it right downfield, scored a touchdown, all game right there, and Hey, that's why Baltimore's the championship-level team that they are.
0: And why I lost my fantasy game by less than one point (laughs) this week. It has been a garbage season for me overall. Ned, I need a drink. I'll see you tomorrow.